0: of st louis original podcast well let's get you up to date on everything you need to know from across st louis in the stl all local from kmox our top local story on this tuesday july 11th kmox is covering breaking news a double shooting leads to victims in quiet st louis hills let's go live to the scene in KMOX's maria keenan maria
1: michael what we know right now is i'll give you the location of this it's a 5300 block of hampton it's between walsh and loran there's a printing shop this is all on the west side of the street then there is a parking lot where you have several cars one car appears to be abandoned with expired temporary tags on it and then you have two vans this is the entire crime scene that spans all the way to eichelberger It's all roped off. We have confirmed with St. Louis police that two people were shot. We do not know their conditions at this point. We do not know the circumstances of this shooting. but We can tell you, as you mentioned, this is a very quiet community, not an area that you normally hear of shootings. Uh, They're waiting for the evidence technician unit to get on the scene right now. I noticed a lieutenant has already arrived on the scene. But at this point, police are not talking with the press members that are here already. But again, this is a 5300 block of Hampton Avenue between Walsh and Loran. The crime scene spans from the alley by the printing shop all the way to Eichelberger, where you have a Dairy Queen there. You also have on the corner there a service lawnmower repair shop. So at this point, two people shot. We do not know their conditions. Michael?
0: Thank you, Maria. The heat is back. What about storm potential? Let's check in now with KMOX meteorologist Dave Murray. Michael, no question the heat has come back across St. Louis and the humidity is on the rise. There's no real weather concerns from now until late afternoon on Wednesday. But I want to give everybody a real heads up that we have a shot of one to two rounds of strong to severe thunderstorms late Wednesday afternoon into the evening. The prime time is going to be 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. Fast moving, but rather dangerous storms. At Bell Fountain Cemetery, they're bracing for the possibility of those strong storms tomorrow. That's because they're still cleaning up from major storm damage from July
1: 1st that shut the historic site cemetery down. We we know we've lost 35 to 40 lo- significant trees. But you know what I say is if you look over to your you left here. So did that damage that tree enough that we're going to have to take it down? We don't know yet. Sherry Smith says they still aren't sure how many monuments may have been damaged because many are still covered by trees. Bell Fountain hopes to reopen in a few weeks. They estimate it'll cost $150,000 for the cleanup. Debbie Monterey, KMOX News.
0: Charges are filed in the case of a St. Louis County official who made a sex tape in the administration building. Calvin
2: Harris was chief of staff for St. Louis County Executive Sam Page when he resigned a year ago after a video of Harris and a woman engaging in sex at the office was distributed. But a grand jury has now indicted an acquaintance of Harris for distributing that video without consent. 51-year-old Rodney Ledger of Glen Ellen is now facing three counts and reportedly turned himself in. Court documents say the video was shared with the intent to harass, but as for motive, prosecutors are only saying the investigation continues. Sean Michael
0: Lyle, KMOX News. It's not looking like St. Louis County will be the first in the state to freeze property taxes for senior citizens. There was limited support from the county council during a committee of the whole meeting today to implement a new state law. Councilman Ernie Trakus supports the concept but doesn't think the state law is well conceived.
2: This thing is problematic. It has issues attendant with it that I'm sure going forward are going to be the consequences Uh, good intentions.
0: The state law provides no means testing to keep wealthy seniors from also benefiting from the tax freeze. Long prison sentences handed down for two local carjackers who blazed a trail of mayhem before being caught. The pair admitted pulling off a string of violent carjackings back in 2021, both in East St. Louis and St. Louis. In August of 21, they stole a car at gunpoint in the Soulard neighborhood, but they were unable to drive it. So they found three people in downtown St. Louis that same night. Robbed them, stole their car, and then drove it to East St. Louis, where they mistakenly shot someone they thought was part of a rival gang, a shooting that left that person injured. It'll be 16 years in prison for Jamariante Burgess of East St. Louis and his accomplice, Armin Simpson of St. Louis will get 17 years. In Fairview Heights, Kevin Colleen, KMOX News. Three people, including a juvenile, are in custody accused of shooting and killing a 19-year-old man Friday by the Pagedale Metrolink station on the Rock Road. Investigators say there is video showing the incident. State Senator Holly Rader has launched her campaign to become Lieutenant Governor of Missouri. I am
1: running on my record of unabashed Christian conservative values.
0: And State Senator Carla May, meantime, announced her Democratic bid for U.S. Senate today. She faces Wesley Bell and Lucas Kuntz in the Democratic primary to challenge Republican Senator Josh Hawley. The Ferguson police chief says they're seeing an influx of mini bikes weaving in and out of traffic. Uh, citizens began complaining about it. We just decided we're going to start cracking down on them. That's Troy Doyle who describes the bikes as under 49 cc's, something with a lawnmower engine or smaller.
2: Right, we're going to take these things seriously. Uh, we just had an individual that was injured on one of these things a couple days ago. Uh, was taken transported to the hospital
0: because of reckless driving. The KMOX business desk, St. Louis City goalkeeper and team captain Roman Berkey has signed a multi-year deal with Together Credit Union. Berkey, who leads the MLS and saves, will donate a significant portion of his partnership agreement to expanding a student savings account program. As we continue on KMOX, July 12th, that's tomorrow, July 12th, 1973 was the date for an epic, a massive fire at the Military Personnel Records Center in Overland. St. Louisans may have memories of this night, and let's check in right now with an Associated Press reporter who's done an exhaustive look back, talked with some of those who were there. Alan Breed of the Associated Press, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. So first of all, give us an overview of what we're talking about here, the Military Personnel Records Center, July 12th, 1973. What happened, for those who don't know?
2: Okay, so so um, around a little after midnight, uh, somebody riding a motorcycle past the place noticed that there was smoke billowing out of one of the top stories and started pounding on the door. And within a few minutes, it became clear that the entire sixth floor of this, bill- of this six-story building was Totally engulfed in flames, and uh, everyone was evacuated. And um, on the on the this this was the basically the sole repository for millions and millions of records, um, uh, official military personnel files from the Army, Air Force, Marines. I mean uh, the whole the whole Armed Services, dating uh, back to uh, before World War One.
0: You talked with a couple of janitors. Um, now, a committee had concluded that the fire's cause can't be determined, but there's a lot of discussion about what may have led to this. And, and what did you find talking with some of those who were there?
2: Yeah, so there's a 380-odd uh, page FBI report, and there were, there were five janitors who were told by a fellow janitor that, that he was smoking in the stacks around 11 o'clock that night and that he had, he had put out his cigarette Against one of the shelves and tossed a match and thought it was all out and next thing you know the whole place is on fire and um, they they reported this to the FBI the guy was investigated he was disabled and and uh, the prosecutors decided that there was no evidence of intent and that it wouldn't be worth you know a grand jury chose not to indict even some of his even one of the one of the janitors we spoke to he he didn't believe the guy he thought the guy was maybe trying to get attention but. It's hard to imagine that someone would claim something like that if they didn't actually do it. But we weren't able to track the alleged smoker down, and he, he might be passed away. Um, but uh, we know who he was, and his name was never publicly identified, and, of course, he wasn't charged.
0: We talk about for instance, cigarette smoking, uh, this is not uh, you know, a bunch of hard drives being stored and not a bunch of server rooms. These were stacks and stacks of boxes of paper. And what kind of fire equipment did they have? Any, any sprinklers, any firewalls, anything like that to help keep all of this, obviously, highly flammable paper safe? Yeah, no,
2: um, surprisingly not. Um, they were scheduled to put sprinklers in this building um, at the time, but there wasn't money yet but uh, apparently in this in the areas where the records were being kept, there were no overhead sprinklers there was there were there were long spaces with no firewalls between the records. The records were kept floor to ceiling on metal shelves in cardboard boxes um all of which uh one 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 uh, archivist who did a sort of a post mortem on the fire um uh the year after, said it was a a very well-designed building, but it was not a very good record center because of those deficiencies.
0: Now, records are still kept in St. Louis in a different spot in the region. We've got the building still in Overland, or uh, much of it, and we've got a new way for drying out documents, uh, sensitive documents that came out of this as well. Yeah, they
2: actually used, um, back in the day, they brought in refrigerated uh, uh, trucks or cars thinking they might freeze-dry these things, and eventually they lit on a, on a uh, process for, for um, vacuum-drying them that was used in, in sort of the Apollo space uh, program, and they decided that worked a lot better. But so many of these documents are, some of them were basically just held together by the boxes they were in. They're basically dust. And they, they've taken about 6.5 million of these salvaged, waterlogged, and burned records and they keep them in climate-controlled warehouse areas and only touch them if somebody specifically asks for a record that they know is in that grouping. They call it a B file or burned file. Uh, Otherwise, they leave them alone because touching them would only further damage them.
0: It looks like 80% of Army personnel files for those discharged between 1912 and 1960 destroyed. Air Force, 75%. Uh, had their records lost. And so that's led to, first of all, there have been some famous people and some uh, American leaders who had their records there, and also everyday people who are trying to get access to their family's history or trying to access government services. They've had issues as well.
2: Right. Uh, um, You know, the the official military personnel file contains basically the entire history of, of, of a veteran service. So um, the, when where they where they served, what dates they served, whether they got an honorable or a dishonorable discharge. And these are all things that would help them when they went to go get benefits, you know, um, a loan for a house or medical care in their old age or for a wound that they received during the service. And uh, those were gone for, for basically the greatest generation, for the Army especially. Uh, there was basically nothing left for most of them. And now, the, the, since most of those people have since passed, it's it's really um, their descendants and historians who are kind of having trouble because they, you know, say if your grandfather served in World War One, like mine, uh, I tried to get his record and they told me it was it was gone. Um, I, I know the basics of his service, but I don't have. You know, these files would have had telegrams and and letters of commendation from from superiors and. Um, If they were court-martialed, there might be a record of that in there. And so some of these things just aren't available anywhere else, except in these particular files.
0: Well, again, this happened on July twelfth, 1973, a night that St. Louisans remember from Overland, Missouri. And Alan Breed of the Associated Press, thank you for, for investigating this and writing this story, and thank you for telling us about it. My pleasure. Stay up to date by subscribing to STL All Local on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.